0: Jacob Sanderson, Billy Milestone, and your host, Thomas Tipple, Dynasty Podcast. This is the Full Tilt, Full Tilt. sanderson billy milestone and your host thomas tipple this is the full tilt dynasty podcast it's false no way not this time we created it
1: that's (laughs) right this is the full tilt dynasty podcast and like a lot of other twitter analysts uh yeah we just we just made it up uh if you don't know what that soundbite is from please go to youtube and look up uh Ripley's believe it or not it's false where that's all he says for like 47 seconds it is <laughs> amazing and if you don't recognize me at this point I don't blame you but I am still your host with the most time on his hands uh, Thomas Tipple and next to me of course is my main man that's uh, Jacob Sanderson FF underscore RTDB and a little change up Billy couldn't be here because we roll in today on a Saturday uh, which will not be the regular It's just kind of how it worked out with everything but we did you know, inquire our mate from around the world because uh, full tilt dynasty is international in more that's ways. Than right. One, our, uh, our fellow member of the commonwealth that's Tom underscore Lee 92 from Tuesday's The Fantasy Walkabout. We're here, we've got new sets, we've got new attitudes, and a, a little bit of new energy coming in now that football is actually uh, you know, back and kicking off as it is kind of sort of right now in green bay so if you're watching we thank you for watching uh you know instead of watching jordan love throw some passes uh it's appreciated we love you look the success of the podfather episode uh can't be stated enough how much we appreciate everyone for tuning in the feedback i've jumped on to other shows as well the the brothers of dynasty and the fantasy boardroom and just gotten a chance to actually reach out and talk with some of y'all which has been a nice change for myself who's usually pretty quiet not like uh jacob over here who's up in everybody's mentions all the time but today this is as you can see below me this is ripley's believe it or not obviously a lot of stuff happened in week one that we're not totally sure if we should uh believe it or not get it we're real creative on this show um (laughs) hey mate much love to you man I'm, I'm glad you appreciate it, it looks it does I, I mean we've that's this is what hyperfixation gets you I got an idea and then it's all I could think about for like nine straight hours until it was done so much love to you uh you know surely you're the shit, man I love you dude look uh week one had a lot of uh takes. If you would, this guy is QB one. Oh, he has to be my wide receiver five. Even going at Devonta Smith. Is he really a bust? Like we don't, we don't know. It's week one. Like, let's get over it. Uh, With that comes some potential for some news. So as we like to do, we like to do a little thing. Cause you guys have heard all the news already. You've heard all the reactions. We're on to week two. We're a little late, but Instead of doing a news rundown, because yeah, you've heard that already, we're going to do Do we give a shit? Uh, it's just how we quickly sum up the news for the week, reactions to overreactions, and everything in between. Guys, was there something that you saw that made you give a shit? Do we not care? Is it just all chalked up to preseason week one? Jacob, I'll go with you first.
2: Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that I'm always just looking for is. I'm trying to look at the usage trends. Uh, there's, I'm going to shout out uh, Nathan Janky for PFF does probably, I think, the most valuable preseason work you can find where he does a rundown after each preseason week. And he just looks at, with the first team offense, who got which snaps and which personnel groupings. And he does a full write-up for each and every team. Uh, I think if you're going to take one thing away from the preseason, just re- taking the 20, 30 minutes to go and read through that uh, you will find more valuable information than you'll probably find, frankly, even watching half of the games. Uh, that's the biggest thing I'm looking for. You know, the stuff that I always get, uh, that I kind of phase out is like, you see all these exciting young rookies, you know, like a Jarrett Patterson or Monty Stevenson that are out there making plays the third, fourth quarter of these preseason games. Look, it is exciting. Like, I love it. I'm I, I absolutely love from a football perspective, watching some of these kids, especially these rookies or some of these vets that have been, you know, trying to fight for roster spots, get an opportunity to show what they can do. But realistically, if you're playing in the fourth quarter of a preseason game, then I probably don't care for a fantasy football perspective. So the, the biggest right. stuff that I really give a shit about is, you know, when the first team offense on the field, who's actually playing and where are they playing? Uh, and that's, that's, you know, that's the stuff that really, I think, makes the biggest difference.
1: So when you see something like, uh, I don't know, because I like to poke the bear and, and I heard the stat for the first time yesterday and I've been waiting for an excuse to trash Kyler Murray when it comes to Lamar Jackson, when you hear things in the, you know, preseason broadcasts about how Kyler Murray is the second worst third down passing accuracy in football next to mm-hmm. my beloved Sam Darnold. Um, you know, I want to overreact to that because that's fantasy relevant because that's the first team. And guess what? He still has problems passing on third down. So Lamar Jackson would never. Anyway, uh, the very, very important thing um, to point out, when you see players that you're hyping up, we had Matty B in here with his usual super extra Antonio Gibson (laughs) defense. Jarrett Patterson isn't taking over the backfield, but no, No, I think – like he's oh, yeah. a player that yeah. you're looking for in 2022 or if McKissick gets hurt because Barber is gone. If he's not cut already, because he should have been cut already and then McKissick shouldn't be there. Right. 2022. So Patterson maybe has a thing, but you're really, um, yeah. I mean, the
2: interesting thing with Patterson is that he's being talked up as this pass catcher. And especially in preseason week one, he was catching a lot of passes. Do you, anyone want to guess how many passes he caught in his last year at university of Buffalo?
0: I don't want to know five passes. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go. What? Sub 10,
2: zero. You got zero. (laughs) Wow. Zero. We got
1: a quick, we got a quick question here from TD lamb just popped on. Do you like Corey Davis or Elijah Moore in redraft? I'm going to say Corey Davis. Uh, Rookies are still rookies. It's hard for them to make an impact. Follow the money there. Corey Davis got the money. Uh, He's likely to be the big time target, but Jamison Crowder is still going to be really annoying there. So I'm going to go Corey Davis around the horn, Tom Lee.
0: Yeah, I like Elijah Moore. I'll take the upside of the rookie. Um, Davis would. will be good, and he's a solid piece. But, um, yeah, it, it's just more interesting with the rookie for me for now.
2: Uh, absolutely, Fair Corey Davis Jacob. for me. I'll, well, actually, I'll say this. A little bit different between like a straight up redraft versus a best ball format where I think like, I think that Corey Davis is decisively the answer for me in in a best ball format where uh, there's like that steadier production versus in a redraft where I think you can shoot for ceiling maybe a little bit more, but it's still Corey Davis to me. I mean, I think that he actually has a legitimate ceiling, uh, Zach Wilson targeted him on all four of uh, his pass attempts that Corey Davis on the field for in week one. He came out his first two pass attempts today on the first drive were once again to Corey Davis. So that's uh, on his first six routes, he was targeted on six of them. <laughs> so uh, I think Corey Davis is going to get a lot of, uh, of work this year. Uh, I think Elijah Moore is a really good player, but I would take Davis.
1: I think Corey Davis is looking at about 120 targets. Uh, this and year if he, if he stays healthy and, you're getting you're getting him later, right? I mean, you're probably taking advantage of somebody that wants to take that rookie early and I don't mean like <laughs> the guy is dumb. <laughs> I don't mean that. I just mean more you're taking advantage of where you're getting him in drafts by ADP. He's also Corey Davis because on the Fantasy Walkabout on Tuesdays with me and my mate Tom Lee here, we like to talk about non-draft scenarios. If you're in a dynasty league, it's cheaper to hit Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, so remember that. Uh, you, yeah, can, that's get, you can get Corey Davis as a throw in, in, in some deals still. So go and try and do that.
2: Yeah. Uh, 86% 86 target rate for the year. Corey Davis. That's do you think right. you can keep it
1: up? No. So look, uh, <laughs> one of my, do I cares is, is running backs, right? Just, just as a blanket statement. Uh, I don't care if a running back uh, you know, of note, say a J.K. Dobbins doesn't break a twenty-yard run in the preseason, right? It, it, we're gonna see it tonight. But Greg Roman hates playing in the preseason; like he hates it. Right? <laughs> he runs the most boring stuff. It's partly why I hate him so much. Is they don't try new things. They don't want to. They don't want to show the cards. But they they win in the
2: preseason, man. John they Harbaugh do. covers the spread 18, in the preseason. 18, Death 18 taxes strike. and Harbaugh covering the spread. <laughs>
1: That's what we care about in Baltimore, those preseason games. Uh, So for me, don't freak out and overreact to running backs like Derrick Henry and those guys not playing, whatever. Don't worry. Your studs are still going to be studs. If you're looking for something. Oh, wow. Voice crack, buddy. If you're looking for something running back related, just look at the players that are getting the first reps after the starters are gone. Right. That's what you want to see. Who's getting the first shots? Mm-hmm. I put out this morning that I liked Eno Benjamin as the seventy eighth or seventy seventh running back at ADP, but it was Ward that was out there as soon as the starters went out. So that's something to watch for. that's something that's what you want to look for in that case. So I don't care, I'm not moving ranks right? I'm not, I'm not moving Chase up and Chase down and Devontae up and Devonte Rondale got a bubble screen scripted. That's what they do. It's early in the preseason. They're oh, going to the script for those guys. Yeah. Do
2: I you want care. a perfect example of, of what, what you want to give a shit about, what you don't want to give a shit about that just happened 30 seconds
1: ago? What?
2: Yeah, so Green Bay just got the ball. First drive. Uh, out of the seven plays that they... seven first plays the drive, Dylan gets four carries, two targets, two catches, c- crushing it. Uh, Has 40 yards in the drive. Kylan Hill just runs in a 12-yard touchdown. I'm sure that's going to be the highlight you'll see on Twitter. So Kylan Hill season has now begun on Twitter.
1: (laughs) Oh God, (laughs) that's the kind of stuff, man. I mean, I I drafted some some Kylan Hill today actually, and I plan to trade him now that I know that he scored that touchdown because somebody will (laughs) offer me something that I you know of note for him because that's just how dynasty works and that's how your yeah. brains work tom lee real quick before we move on <laughs> yeah. uh, do you have something that you watched for that you you know don't care about do care about do you give a shit
0: yeah it's it's hard, it's hard to give a shit week one of preseason it's really early but i think that like the most exciting thing is finally seeing your stud rookies out on the field that's all i want to see is just these guys in action what do they look like when they are padded up what are they doing I don't really care if they're producing. If it looks like they click, they got a bit of time to get this right. But I just want to see them there. You know, like it's just been college tape and you know all this theorizing, all these takes. I just want to see these guys on the field, taking up the middle if they're running backs. You know, catching out there on the outside, whatever it is. I just want to see them ball out. Um, yeah, and it's just exciting to finally see like, okay, these are the prospects we've been looking at. What are they starting to, to take shape like on the field?
1: I think I think part of it too is we didn't get a preseason last year, right? So this yes, is the it, first right. time in in really it's almost two years since we had preseason. Like really yeah. think about it, going from the end of one through one season, then through a whole another one, and now we're here. I think it's you know it's almost like getting used to watching preseason football and what it means again. It's like you got to get used to it all over again, and that's yeah, not clearly yeah, stated. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it. it yeah, we're getting to see rookies, and you know, we all want them to go out and you know, absolutely lace 80-yard bombs all the time or run 75-yard game winners like Vic. Ramondra. Right? Like he's, Vic's playing it's Minnesota in <laughs> overtime. Um it, you just gotta get used to what you're seeing again. And is, we got yeah. spoiled, we got spoiled last year with the rookie class. We're gonna remember at some point that rookies do struggle. Maddie B, again, people talking about Chase dropping three balls instead of demanding three targets in such a short period of time. Now there is some stuff of note, right? Chase did kind of look scared on a few of those. He didn't really look yeah, like he, he was that mean, out. rough, and tough. <laughs> yeah, you don't like seeing. There is stuff, and same with Devonte Smith. Yeah, he hasn't played football I mean, in a long I, time. I, I, I understand that. Totally get it. Totally get it. Right. Um. But I think you – I can't remember who you had as a guest, but i always talked about what, what someone means when, when you know, they're a dog on the field and, yeah, and you Cody. didn't – Cody, right. You, you didn't see it from him. And, th- and my issue with Smith was tracking the ball. It wasn't a timing thing. He just literally couldn't track it to the sideline. He didn't have to do that a lot at Bama. So there's a lot – there are things you can take from it. It's just important not to overreact to it. And it's important – to take advantage of the people overreacting to it in leagues. That's I acquired Jamar chase a couple of times at a discount just after last night. I was in the ear immediately first drop. I got in his ear, right? So you, you can do that and you should be doing that. Now, normally uh, before we break into Billy stat corner, uh, I, I hit the button and we move on and we roll, but the full tilt dynasty podcast is expanding. We hit you with Mike Davis, Uh, right. The story of Mike Davis, uh, you know, not that long ago. That's not what this is. Jacob has a little announcement that the full tilt dynasty podcast is moving up a little bit in the world. Uh, Jacob, what do you got for us right there in your hand?
2: Absolutely. The full tilt dynasty podcast. We are thriving specifically. Uh, we are partnering with Thrive Fantasy. If you want to bet on props during the regular season, and look, we know how stressful it can be to manage all of these teams, you're spending your Sunday morning, you're going into sleeper, hit, okay, move to bench, move back to starting lineup, move to flex, whatever. Look, if you want to just turn into the games, you want to just focus on a couple things, there is nothing more fun than betting prop bets throughout the NFL season. Just bet, you know, over, under on yardage, on points. You can do parlays, you can do all sorts of stuff. You can do that with Thrive Fantasy. And very exciting. I can tell you if you sign up for Thrive Fantasy right now, you can get a deposit match up to $100 where you put in $100 and you get $100 to go towards your prop bets. And if you do so, please let them know that we sent you with the promo code FULLTILT. That is FULLTILT in all caps. F-U-L-L. T-I-L-T, Full Tilt, all caps for Thrive Fantasy. We will be partnering with them uh, throughout this upcoming season. So definitely get used to some fun ad reads like this. And uh, we'll we'll try and sneak in some prop ads. I know I'm going to have a, a, a more daily fantasy-focused show going in season. And I can't wait to give some prop tips uh, out there in partnership with Thrive Fantasy on that show throughout the season. So thank you very much to Thrive for supporting the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. And uh, that's something exciting coming up for this season.
1: Man, so cool those guys to uh, to reach out and and hook it up. I can't wait to learn some prop betting. I want to make some money. I'm going to be signing up. They're going to be matching mine to 100 bucks. Damn right. I'm going <laughs> to blow it all and blame it all on Jacob if I lose cuz he's <laughs> he's my he's my fantasy football money maker. All right, boys. Look, no Billy the Stone here tonight, but we are still going to do a Billy Stat Corner as we always do with our interim uh Billy <laughs> That'll be Jacob, and it'll be me and Tom Lee trying to make it uh, nine and three. God. So <laughs> let's sit tight. We'll be back for a second, and if we lose, I'm blaming it on Tom Lee because I'm I'm you know I'm the host and I can do that. Sit tight. I think I put the right one up. I did not put the right one up. Whoopsie. Here we are. We're nine and two. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully not predetermining what we're going to do. Um, Look, if you haven't played Billy Stat Corner, if you haven't seen Billy Stat Corner, I'm going to give you a rundown. Look, every week Billy, who is an absolute monster with the data, <laughs> is an absolute monster with random facts. He always tries to squeeze an MVS, and you know if he was here <laughs> with the Packers game on right now, there'd be an MVS answer in here that none of us would figure out. Look, we get three strikes to guess the answer. We get about ten minutes to to solve the whole thing. We get one hint. So Jacob in your best ability, can you please uh, ask us the question that we need to figure out today?
2: Absolutely. So, as I just mentioned, uh, Nathan Janke for PFF went and wrote up all of the utilization during the first team uh, through preseason week one, and I really enjoyed reading through that, and so I decided I would pull off our stats corner from that article. So, there were only five running backs in the entire NFL who played every single snap with their first team during preseason week one. Okay. Two of those played less than 10 snaps. So I'll just give you those. That was AJ Dillon and that was Chase Edmonds. That leaves just three other running backs who got 100% of the full team snaps and each of them played at minimum 10 snaps with the first team. And including one of them that actually played 22. So can you name the three running backs who got 100% of their team's first-team snaps?
0: Mm. That's a
1: bullshit question. Uh, Look, so first one that comes to mind for me is Najee Harris. I don't think he ever came off the field. Yeah, Um, He did not. That that wasn't it?
2: Uh, No, Najee only got 12 snaps. Anthony McFarland got five snaps.
1: The first team
2: sure did. <laughs> well,
0: that's uh, good. So, the first okay. one we think of is immediately not there. Good, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. great.
1: So, let's try to run it down. Like, who else? Yeah, let's go
0: by team. What do we got?
1: Oh, not Atlanta. Go on, no. Uh, obviously, not Green Bay.
0: <laughs> well, he said because he oh said Jacob, that Dylan, yeah, Dylan counted, but yeah, I already yeah. gave you him. So we've only got twenty
1: nine teams to go, so it's fine. We've a good shot. Yeah, at this. totally, totally fine. He rolled Statistically, rolled out Arizona. It can't be Miami because. Oh, Stop
2: Miami. We'll talk about rounds. them. We can rule Miami way out.
1: Oh my god, the snaps he got is totally uncalled. What for about it. Campy? Campy about New like England. No, Singletary's played too much. He's played way too much. He actually played the really first. great today. Yeah, uh, yeah. surprisingly enough. So i uh, rip the sleeper, Zach Moss. We, we, we might've been wrong. Don't overreact, Tom. Um, oh, that's so tough. Uh, Javante, Booker played a lot.
2: Yeah, So I don't think Booker,
1: really like Booker advice. played quite a bit. You mean Freeman? Booker's on the Giants, is, the... bro. Oh, sorry. That was two bad. teams yeah, ago. Both...
2: Booker was over in
1: Denver. Hey, they both were 28. All right. It confuses <laughs> me. Uh, Yeah, no, Barry, it can't be that. I you can't even say New Orleans because... Freeman played with the and ones. The <laughs> I think he had two snaps, so it can't be him. This is a really specific one. So it can't be him. I was just Tampa. checking if y'all you done your
2: research. It should have been easy.
1: Oh man. Tampa, should
0: have been easy.
1: <laughs> you guys are my stat people. I I mean this isn't my thing.
0: These these uh, games are played at three in the morning for me. This is hard enough.
1: Oh, don't hit the excuses. I see you in <laughs> league chats and you can see the sun whatever. Ass, yeah. You yeah, can, let's, let's get it, let's ass. get one
2: more guess here, and then I can give you a hint okay. if
0: it's wrong.
1: Okay, uh, man, what, should be obvious
0: things, um, what do you think?
1: We tried that already. What about, uh oh, what about Cincinnati? What about Mixon? I know he played most of most of the snaps yesterday. With the ones, there's no one else, Not, and nothing.
2: It's for the record, it's nothing from like yesterday or the day before. This is all just week one. I
1: right. know. I'm just trying to think, yeah. like, how did the week one go with Cincinnati? Uh, that's a possibility. This is brutally hard. Uh, Tom Lee, what's your best inkling of teams we haven't <sighs> mentioned before? It can't be Minnesota, that wasn't no. it. Well, this um, is the issue
0: because most of the RB ones didn't play with their teams in week one. Right, right. Yeah. So, right, we're, we're already into backup guys that I don't like being in. Um,
1: well, it's not Eckler, right? Eckler didn't do it because there was way too much Josh. Eckler didn't on, even play. Did you say Carolina?
0: Yeah. Did you say Chuba?
1: No, I didn't. But would that count? I don't think it, it would. It would count if it's, it's true.
0: true. <laughs> Shut up, Jacob. <laughs>
1: Hmm. Uh, uh, well, no, Andy, Andy. What
2: I mean is, like, I'm not excluding backup running backs. Like, if the starter didn't play, oh. but the backup got all the snaps, okay. that totally yeah. oh, counts. Oh,
1: oh, oh, okay. oh, yeah. I'll say Chuba then. Yeah, <laughs> right. Chuba Hubbard had to have done it because Bonifant did shit. So we'll we'll lock in Chuba Hubbard.
2: Chuba Hubbard did not get 100 of the snaps.
0: Like I said, Tom, no way that Chuba Hubbard did this. Oh um... <laughs>
2: fuck! <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll give. I'll try and give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Two box. of the players on this list um have once suited up or currently suited up for the Baltimore Ravens.
1: <laughs> right. Did you hear that Tom? What was the hint? I had to get it. The hint stayed cause close cause to I home for me. you,
2: Tom. I said two of the three players on this list either currently suited up for or once suited up suited up for the Baltimore Ravens.
0: So instantly I'm thinking Edwards and Ingram, right?
1: Collins? No. (laughs) No, because Penny played in week one, but when did he do it? Oh, you motherfucker. Two out of the three played for Baltimore or plays for Baltimore. Dobbins didn't get all the carries with the ones. This is your worry, man that's such a brutal question um two out of the three it can't be dobbins and gus and it can't be right so it's got to be someone like collins in seattle or uh because who else played for yeah so i like i this is gonna suck we're gonna get it wrong we're running out of time
0: (laughs) we are Um, yeah
1: So, if we're picking a Baltimore running back, I didn't even watch that game. I didn't look at the Baltimore game at all, really. I didn't care. (sighs) Who played first? I'm just gonna say Alex Collins. Just to Alex Collins is correct. Fourteen out of fourteen snaps
2: with the first team. For that's Alex what I'm Collins. talking about, Team yeah.
1: Alex Collins.
2: Out, so really All good. right, that's one. Let's fire away. Cool. Two more here. Let's go. Let's go. So it had to be so someone Baltimore.
1: Yeah, Baltimore. I can't remember. I can't remember if Dobbins even really played. I think he did.
0: I'm happy to roll. i
1: gonna say, J.K. I. You know what? I'll I'll fall into I'll fall on the sword if it's Dobbins and end it.
2: All right, J.K. Dobbins is correct. There jk we go. dobbins okay, is correct true. so dobbins Hold and on. alex collins one more hey
1: tom lee we got a chance here we it's got a chance gotta
2: think this one through the ravens hit no longer applies what i can say yeah. is this player played the most first team snaps of any running back uh in the nfl in preseason week one he played all 22 first team snaps
1: Hmm. 22
0: that so, it can't be. Number. you think you think it wouldn't be a great team, right?
1: Well, look, it was 22 snaps and they must not have done well enough to not be plastered all over as the future RB1 what in about a fantasy like a football. Nah.
0: Wasn't Lindsay?
1: Nah. No, cuz that would have been a huge blow up on the bird app and I didn't see one. There's a little it's bit not, of war. It's not it's <laughs> not Mac, right? Mm. Cuz Wilkins played too much. Uh it's not Chubber Hunt or D'Earnest Johnson. Ooh. <laughs>
0: no,
1: couldn't be that.
0: 22 snaps.
1: 22 snaps is a lot for any player in the preseason.
0: Anything anything clicking some? What do you think?
1: Nothing's clicking for me. Najee's out. Like that was the one for me that I that thought was, was a lock. Yeah. Uh my brain is still hung up on that because it's derpy, right? Uh,
0: what about and... the Jets?
1: No, no, no way, because P Ryan, they all of them played. All of them played. It was yeah. awful. It was horrific. <sighs> what about what about uh Montgomery? Would would Monty have done it?
0: it seems like a lot of snaps for Monty to play.
1: But I don't remember it. Oh no, Damien Williams got a snap way too early. Fuck, I'm I i do not know. This is brutal. This gonna, brutal Monty Monty got hurt. Down, Monty got
2: hurt on the first snap. <clears throat>
1: yeah, um, mm. man, this is a brutal question. Um, can't be Kennedy because what's his face got hurt. Can't be Indy. It wasn't Jacobs. Uh, wasn't Z. Right, y'all got
2: y'all got like ten seconds. This is dead air. <laughs> have a pink. I off. can't.
1: I'm I'm working my brain right now. What about uh, um, what about Darrell Henderson?
0: Let's do it. Let's just roll it. Darrell
2: Henderson didn't even suit up, dude. McVeigh never plays the starters in the preseason. It was all Xavier Jones and Jake Funk. The answer is Jamal Williams played all 22 snaps with the first team no offense he for the Lions. Didn't. Yes, he <laughs> did. DeAndre Swift out with a groin injury. Jamar Jefferson got zero run until the second mm. half. Jamal Williams played every single snap.
1: See, I hate this. Well, this is so annoying. This is this is so <laughs> annoying because um <laughs> there are so many stats to go through that it's hard to focus on ones like that, especially at that position. Like you it's should know. One. We should know uh, you know, who had 100% of the snaps up for for their team. That, like that's absolutely. I guess yeah, I guess so that <laughs> Adjust your that's... rankings because Jamal Williams is the RB1 <laughs> in Detroit. <laughs> it's All right. Absolutely just crazy.
0: That's, that's, that's,
1: just.
2: He's that's, the A-back, dude. He's the A-back.
1: That's crazy. That was a hard question. I actually feel a little defeated after that. 10-2. That was man. tough. Oh,
2: man. I'm sorry, guys. If it makes you feel any drop better, uh, shout out to Tom. You hate Michael Carter. They're now through two drives. Michael Carter has not touched the field. Uh, it has been all Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson. And Corey Davis continues to just absolutely mash with nine Zach Wilson pass attempts. Corey Davis has six <laughs> targets, four catches, seventy yards.
1: Yeah, he's going to be a monster. <laughs> Michael Carter sucks. Uh, you heard it here. Uh, look, we're going to come back. When we get back, we're going to actually go through some rippies, believe it or not. There was Woo! some stuff that happens, and we're going to let you know whether we believe it or we don't. Sit tight. Okay, if you haven't seen the show, Ripley's Believe It or Not, please, you have to. It's an absolute classic. Uh, If you can, get Riker. Uh, I don't actually know the name of the actor, but Riker, the second-in-command from Star Trek The Next Generation, hosts uh, my favorite rendition of Ripley's. You have to watch it. It's phenomenal. Uh, Guys, every year in the preseason, stuff happens, and we have to try to figure out if it is real or not. A lot of the times, it is false. It is made up made up by a writer, um, <laughs> right? But it's so fitting. Uh, so we're going to talk about some stuff, as uh, we tend to do on shows like this. So, Jacob, I'm going to start with you. What is your first story? Yes, PC I'm going to tell point? you a story,
2: and you let me know if you believe it. Uh, look, this game got a lot of play on the Twitter sphere because it was the only game happening uh, two weeks in a row. I think we've had the Bears on an Island game. And, of course, they were playing against the Miami Dolphins. And... All anybody could talk about was the snap distribution because Malcolm Brown was starting drives. He was getting goal line work. He was getting some pass game work. And Miles Gaston, last year's bell cow, was being used as a change of pace back. They talked to Brian Flores about it. And he said something like, Yeah, we like all three backs, and we're going to use all three backs. Ripley's, believe it or not, Miami Dolphins are now a full blown running back by committee that you don't want to touch.
1: I'm going to say false. is uh, made up by a writer. Uh, that's There's false. no way that Brown yeah. is going to get all those carries. Gaskin, when he was healthy last year, uh, that's why Gaskin's kind of become a value at his ADP. Uh, he was a bona fide workhorse. He's easily flexible. Brown is dog-do. He's trash. He's garbage. Uh, he's dog-water. He's Brad playing Call of Duty. It's not good. <laughs> uh on the field um it's not good in the stat sheet i'd be more worried about Ahmed. i think this is just a preseason thing get the vets in there get them their their respect touches as i've liked to call them now yeah (laughs) and uh you know i i I, yeah i don't i don't care it's gonna it's gonna be gaskin for sure uh tom lee
0: yeah i don't think it's gonna be like a lead lead back roll for gaskin but it's gonna be primarily start with him and see what happens you're not looking to rotate through all three for me um like you said, Ahmed has possibly the most use of the two behind him. Um, it could be a little horses for courses sort of thing. But realistically, I think Gaskin's going to lead it off, and they're going to see how the game goes from there, as opposed to come in with a starting running back committee and try one each drive.
2: Well, We'll see. I, first of all, I love the phrase horses for courses. I, I kind of believe it, man. I look, I definitely still, still think Gaskin is the lead back of this committee. I think he's the best back of this committee. Uh, I think Malcolm Brown is total sludge. However, like I just think, like I, I think that if you're betting on Gaskin, I don't think that the bet should be that what we saw was just a complete mirage. I, I think that the bet should just be that he's simply better than Brown and will separate from him as the season goes on. I right. like. I think people should ask themselves, you know, okay, if my prior is correct, then. You know, what's the justification for what happened? And in this preseason scenario, it's like if McAskin is the lead back, like, how, how, why do you justify, it? why was Brown getting all those touches? And then more importantly, why was Gas continuing to get touches with the second team? That's like the most troubling part to me. It's like you obviously weren't actually just trying to protect him. You're still playing him with the second team. Why wasn't he dominating touches with the first team? Uh, and to me, the simplest solution is just that they actually like Malcolm Brown and want to see what he can do. What can he
0: do? Not much.
1: Yeah, it looked, he looked pretty putrid. Tom Lee. Hit us with uh, your first here.
0: So I'm going a little different with this. I want to go with uh, a true or false statement about Australia because I want to try to bring a, a little bit of a, a, an Australian background to it and then try to link it to one of our takes, whether we believe it or not, right? So in 2006, an Australian man tried to sell our neighboring nation of New Zealand on eBay. All right, the, bidding <laughs> got to, the bidding got to $3,000 before mm-hmm. eBay took it down due to what they call, quote-unquote, a policy violation. The statement read, clearly, New Zealand is not for sale. right. Firstly, do we believe that or not?
1: That's going to be, I'm going (laughs) to believe that. I'm going to believe that
0: that New Zealand is not for sale.
1: (laughs) I'm going to believe that story because I I know of the feud.
0: Correct. Right. So it was true. So this is kind (laughs) of like us seeing throughout the first week that every single established veteran QB is going to be the starter all season. They're the guy we love. Do we believe or not that three out of the five of these rookies are going to be starting from week one? Because this is kind of the way it's looking.
1: Three out of the five. Mm. Of the rookie QB. Yes. The first
0: rounders. Yeah.
1: I don't think Lance will start week one because Shanahan is stubborn. I think Dalton is still going to start in Chicago because that guy's an idiot. Uh, I think Wilson... Might be the only week one starter of the rookie quarterbacks. don't think Lawrence say... is going to start? You actually think Meyer's going to start? Oh, 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 sorry, two. <laughs> yeah. I just, he's yeah. uh, hes such a lock. Like, in my mind, Lawrence has been in the NFL already for a couple of mm. years just because. He's I don't great, know. He's in an open quarterback competition,
2: according to Urban he's Meyer. Not. Look, Gardner
1: Mitchell <laughs> probably has taken a shit by now. Uh, he's probably <laughs> Dude, he's lost the competitive <laughs> edge. Exactly. Nah, I think it'll be the two. Then I think it'll be Lawrence. I think it'll be Wilson. It's gonna gonna But I just think right? Nagy like Nagy's yeah. too stubborn, and Shanahan is too stubborn to start the rookies for some stupid fucking old school Neanderthal like reason. So I get to say yeah. false. I'll I'll, also, say I'll, I'll believe
2: it, Tomlin. I'll believe it. Yeah. I, I, you're giving me you would. you're giving me three outs. I mean, I think Lawrence is a lock. Wilson's a lock. And then <laughs> yeah. I get three outs. I get I can have any of Fields or Lance or Mac. Yeah, I, yeah. I believe it. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure which one it'll be, but I yeah. I think that Lance is drawing really live to start week one. I think Fields is drawing really live to start week one, especially after mm-hmm. today. Uh, Andy Dalton has given them basically nothing outside of that one throw to, uh, well, I don't even freaking know what the guy's name is. McGrath? Someone? <laughs> Whatever. He's a he's a guy. Uh, anyway, I, I think that there's a chance. Uh, I thought that Mack was also drawing a little bit live. Uh, Cam played really great. Uh the other they day. So that was a big really upgrade for, and- for yeah. Cam. But I don't know. I think if, if you're giving me a, a shot of any of those three, yeah, I'm going to say yes. I'll
0: believe it. I think that's where I'm at as well. Okay. I think, yeah, like having that line at three, it gives us a shot of the other three being there, but you're right. They all looked good in different ways. Week two is really what we're looking for to see them progress. Can they do it? Um But yeah, it's exciting from that week one proposition. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be – it's definitely going to be difficult. Jacob, you're second.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when I'm looking at my second one, I talked about some of the usage and two guys that I love, uh, all right, are getting a little bit of blowback in the counting community, and that would be LaVisca Chenault, Chase Claypool – uh, you know, both have flashed, uh, during this preseason, some really nice plays, especially Claypool in that hall of fame game had an absolute beauty. Chenault was hyper-targeted early on in that game. However, when they went to 11 personnel, Schnault never played a snap at 11 personnel with three wide receiver sets, uh, during Lawrence's time on the field. And then Claypool, uh, only got one snap at 11 personnel versus three for Juju. And of course, all four for Deontay Johnson. So Ripley's believe it or not uh, LaVisca Chenault and Chase Claypool are not set up to become full-time wide receivers in
0: 2021.
1: I, that's fiction. That's fiction. Good players. will see the field. Um, right. We always say talent over situation. This is more talented than Chark. Lots been made of his urban Meyer role, right? Eh, uh, uh, Yeah. And Claypool is just better than Juju period. Um, I mean the guy was an absolute machine if you look at the routes and targets and air yards and you know production uh claypool was the guy like you said he had that major ball out moment in in the hall of fame game right he had that deep out got hurt i think maybe they they played it pretty chill after that i think that's all that is so yeah he,
0: fell on, he fell i'm gonna off,
1: i'm gonna say it's fabricated. <clears throat> it's false it's <laughs>
0: I'm also in that boat. I think it's false. I think, like you said, talent wins out with these two in particular. Um, Claypool for sure. I'm not sure what Eben Meyer's doing in that Jacksonville team at all. He doesn't uh, know what think, he's doing. I don't think he, yeah, I, I think that's the point. right? I don't think he knows yet, um, but I'll, I'll back Leviska to be talented enough to to see a good amount of use.
2: But yeah I'm, I'm i'm super don't care about the claypool one he did get a snap in 11 personnel anyways and like we have no idea why why the distribution fell exactly especially on a four snap sample it's so tiny uh or sorry i should say in 12 personnel he was only getting in 11 personnel i think people knew right. what i meant but anyways uh yeah i mean i just think he's a better outside receiver than juju i mean all we've seen from juju in most of his career is that he's a really good slot wide receiver and not a very good outside receiver uh so i, I just don't think it would, it would that'll hold up well, this one's more interesting, right? Like we've seen the opposite. We've seen that he is a very competent slot wide receiver, a very good yak guy. And we don't really know if he can develop into an out wide re- outside wide receiver. We don't get to see him in practice every day. Uh, I'm still bullish. I think the upside is there, but I would say I'm I'm more cautious of Laviska's ability to develop that outside re- receiver versus yeah. uh, Chase Claypool.
1: Right. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 how should I say it? It really shits me to tears to watch good players <laughs> like Visca Chenault sit on the sidelines yeah. uh, and not get those reps. But I did say, I do recall saying one of our episodes that Urban Meyer going to the Jaguars scared me for that whole team. He, he might just be a total because, donkey. Because <laughs> successful college coaches have a history of going to the NFL and trying to do that same old shtick with veteran players and having it not work. And he looks out of his element. From drafting ETN to everything else, it just screams. I don't totally understand what I'm supposed to do. You're not building a program at the NFL level, right? You're mm-hmm. especially when you're writing the ship. It's not like you got the keys to a fully functional system, uh, like what happened in in Atlanta a couple years ago, right? You, you're not you're not getting <laughs> that. You're getting a completely broken down franchise that's been successful one time, right? Well, I guess twice the there's the burnell year right but so people like that worried me i was on record of saying that urban wire worried me i would have rather liked to see a Salah sala go there right didn't happen so i'm kind of worried about the whole thing i still don't believe that though uh tom lee your second
0: my second one so we're going back to australian history (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you, you might have you might have heard this room you might have not but in 1932 australia declared war on one of our native flightless birds called the emus, emus. the emus i know this right? one
1: already i can't so, end it. i know it
0: the war lasted about a month and we lost we lost to a flightless bird so the comparison i draw with three second year wide receivers who should be amazing we've all got our takes on them we all like them in t higgins jerry judy and chase claypool Are we going to be done over by a bunch of flatless birds like Juju, Boyd, and whoever else is on that, Denver team, and actually lose this war with these three guys? Can they take the next step? Are they going to do what we think they can do and and become the guys we want them to be?
1: So my favorite, before we answer that, my favorite part about the emu story is that you guys lost that war twice. Yeah, twice. Uh, You guys have lost to the (laughs) emus twice. They have beat the Australian They're fast (laughs) as fuck. Uh, Emus. Uh, It is my favorite story in Australian culture um, that you guys have lost to emus (laughs) twice. Uh, It's hilarious. Not a known military
0: nation, Australia. I
1: (laughs) I wish you better fortune in your current war against camels. Uh, and hopefully camels don't uh, beat you guys in that war the world's to,
0: largest population of camels yeah 285,000
1: or something and you guys yeah. have already kind More of Egypt. You, guys Egypt. you guys have turned 33 you guys have turned 33,000 feral camels into chalk lines <laughs> and and past tense uh and you have still got like 285 to go that's brutal uh Absolutely. Your whole country is insane to me. Uh, as for the question, I think guys like Tyler Boyd are going to irritate us all season. I don't think there's any way around it. I think again, last year we got spoiled and some of these guys, like especially in Chase's situation with Boyd last year when T Higgins went there, he only had to deal with Tyler Boyd, right? Auden Tate wasn't a real concern. John Ross, he was a concern for like one day, right? Now in Chase's situation, he has to deal with a really good T. Higgins and a pretty average uh, Jacob Sanderson-approved Tyler Boyd, (laughs) and I don't know if that for sure is gonna, you know, he's he's gonna, uh, I think he's gonna struggle. So I actually I do kind of believe that I do think we're gonna be kind of nerfed by these super annoying, unathletic inside wide receivers. On teams that'll have to throw it six hundred times uh, for those all three guys to hit value. So yeah, I'll actually agree with that one, Jacob.
2: Yeah, so you, it was Judy Higgins and uh, and and uh, Claypool, right? Claypool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'll, can I split my answer a little bit? I, sure. I think uh, so
0: he's going to
1: play it safe.
2: I think I, I'm not worried about Higgins whatsoever. I, I actually just wrote about this. Uh, I have my my next article coming out on Player Profiler is. I, I wrote last time about the anatomy of a league-breaking stack, and now I'm previewing my five stack set to break your league. And my favorite of those three Cincinnati wide receivers is by far T. Higgins. I'm not worried about Tyler Boyd. I think Tyler Boyd is fine. I, I just This team, when Joe Burrow was healthy last year, they threw it on 64% uh, in neutral situation pass rate. That was the highest in the league by, by a pretty substantial margin. So it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if this team is 600, 650 pass attempts this year. Uh, their defense is pretty average below average. And so I don't think that T Higgins is going to need like a 25% target share to be a wide receiver. One, Uh, he got, he had over a 20% target share last year as a rookie. And I understand that Jamar chase is coming into that mix, but they have not had a propensity to throw it to the running back. Often they don't have any tight ends of note. Uh, they don't have a wide receiver four of note. So even if you do give Boyd his 18 to 20% of the targets, even if chase comes in and gets 20% of the targets, you know, that still leaves plenty of room for Higgins to be in the low twenties. And that goes a long way on an offense that's going to throw it so much. Uh, I feel similarly about Pittsburgh. I, I don't know, man, everybody keeps saying about how much Pittsburgh is going to run, but they haven't ran the ball uh, at a high rate in years. Like they haven't ran the ball at a high rate in a decade. Uh, People are like, well, they haven't had a good running back. Well, when they had Levy on bell, Uh, They also threw the ball at the highest rate in the league. They set an all-time record for pass attempts in a season. Uh, You know, so I'm just, I don't, maybe they'll run it more with Harris, but I don't think all of a sudden this team is going to go from one of the most pass-heavy teams in the NFL to the most run-heavy team in the NFL overnight. That isn't what their identity has been. So I still think they're going to throw up plenty. I think Claypool draws volume more per route than Juju he did last year, and he's just elevating. The one that I worry about more is Judy, just because they also have three great options. They have Sutton. I don't know if Sutton's a flightless bird, you know, maybe with the ACL. No, that was on uh, <laughs> For sure, yes, he maybe he's looking more emu-like. And yeah. then, of course, you have Noah Fant. You know, you have N.C. Uh, Hamler. And then, you know, you got Alberto. You got all this crew there. Judy's the guy who needs that high 20s target share to be a wide receiver one, right? Like, if Judy gets only 21, 22% of targets, that's probably wide receiver three city. In a Teddy Bridgewater slash Drew Locke led run heavy Vic Fangio offense, so yeah. I'm more worried about Judy uh, and Sutton uh, both. I'm, I'm, you know, it's harder for me to get super amped about them uh, versus the others just because the volume pie is going to be a little bit tighter in Denver.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with you on that because I think one of the biggest issues is that the EMU for Denver is throwing the ball to the rest of the receiving core. Right. So... Well, if you
2: think about it this way too, right? <laughs> sorry, sorry. The EMU <laughs> analogy. Sorry, that's hilarious. Yeah. But so like Australia is a very small continent, right? Yes, so if you have yes. all these emus in Australia, it's quite limited in terms of the square kilometers that these emus can take up. If you put these emus into, you know, Africa, they have yes. a far greater expanse to roam. And so all of a sudden the emus are less of a worry. Denver, you know, that's like that's like putting these emus onto like the <laughs> island of Palau,
0: Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't know how big Saskatchewan is. That's not fair. But yes, bigger than Palau. Yeah,
1: just assuming it's tiny.
0: It just doesn't sound great. That's not. That's
1: not the point. Wow. Yeah. No,
0: I I agree. Yeah.
1: Tom Lee's going after all the people in Saskatchewan. eh? We lost
0: the war to an emu twice, so I'm throwing. You would
1: definitely lose to a bunch of jacked up hillbillies, uh, hammered from Canada that live in Saskatchewan. (laughs) If you lost to a bunch of emus, I'll tell you that much right now. Uh Look for me. It's pretty simple. The year is 1972. A man sneaks into a warehouse where World War II fighters are stored. He flies it over the ocean, lands it in another country, and sells it for $285,000 after fueling it. Well, it's false. It's completely made up. It's fabricated. Created by a writer. Uh, much like the idea that Marquez Callaway cannot produce as a wide receiver 15 if Taysom Hill is the starting quarterback in New Orleans, um, I know our man Jacob over here beside me was the king leader, the crown, the Callaway uh, King, the the Callaway King, right? The swatter of emus in this case. Uh, but Callaway is in fact a fucking baller Callaway, uh, where Jacob has um, built it up and I'm just taking it. And I'm now going to, I really got the Tennessee it. hoodie on today for him. He does oh. look, James Winston will be better for Callaway probably because he's going to throw five interceptions in the first quarter, but it was Taysom Hill on the field that fed Callaway for three receptions and 60 yards. And as much as we want to talk shit, or people want to talk shit, not me, I'm actually now a Hill believer, Taysom Hill can throw the football Hell to like a yeah. 65% and higher completion percentage. And he has better than average arm strength, and Callaway fits the uh mold of that wide receiver that will be missing with Michael Thomas gone. He's big. He's not as explosive, but neither is Thomas. Neither was Colston. He literally fits the the archetype of receiver that they like in New Orleans, and he played well so far in the preseason. Big plays, 20-yard receptions, over the middle, catching with his hands, body control in the sidelines, against the Ravens secondary, Mm. the ones in the secondary. If I'm not mistaken, it was Peters he burned on the deep ball. He lost uh, Humphrey earlier in the game. For another, like he is a baller, okay. And I just drafted him, and I know you don't care about your draft, Tom. Yeah, I get it, but I drafted him in the 13th or 14th round. I believe so heavily in him as being that high wide receiver to play. I believe Callaway is out of the other 3,472,000 wide receiver threes that exist, and he is (laughs) now gonna elevate himself. Has that ceiling, I don't think it's a wide receiver one ceiling. Right, I think it's you're going to get that value of the wide receiver 15 to 19 in points per game. It's gonna be awesome. You can Ripley's believe that sucker. Uh, boys, (laughs) I'm gonna start with Tom Lee. Uh, how are you believing it? Are you fading the idea that Callaway cannot produce that wide receiver upside?
0: I had my doubts, I did coming into this because you knew he was gonna get the opportunity, but I hadn't seen him. Do it across the field. Like the concept of Thomas running a slant and Hill throwing the ball to that slant made sense. I was okay with that, right? It's like, yes, this could work. I could
1: get that basicness of that five yard. Yeah, this,
0: you know, I didn't grow up playing football, but I understand that concept. And then I thought, well, Callaway's on the outside. That's fine. You know, you might throw the odd deep ball. And then I saw Callaway starting to run routes and I went, oh, okay, this guy has some pretty good route running, right? Like he was getting open and comebacks. Like you said, he got open deep uh, against a really good, like you you made a great point, against a really good Ravens defense, right? Like, Mm oh, this is good. And then Taysom threw the ball and he had, like you said, some zip on that arm. Like it was coming out with some heat and it wasn't just sailing with heat. Like it was actually hitting somewhere near a catchable radius. So this this could actually work. The the key for me is now, can they do it for the season? When does Thomas come back? What does that do? What does it change? And can he get enough done early in the season to just establish and become this guy that we think can finish somewhere in that wide receiver two range? That's still a little bit out for me, but absolutely, I'm, I'm sold. Like, I like what I saw, whether it's Winston, whether it's more ceiling or, or not, um, just take the lower ceiling or take the floor and go, regardless, one of these guys is throwing in the ball. Um, I like what I saw. Yeah, i mean, I think...
1: I think you're getting six to eight <laughs> targets per game from Callaway until Thomas gets back. And even yeah. when Thomas comes back, how effective is he going to be? It, exactly. That's, yeah. that's what I'm wanting. So in every league that Jacob's not in, I'm trying to go get him. Jacob. you think we know. Look, I mean, we got it, baby. It. Go
2: balls, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Here it is. Tennessee volunteers Vols right city. here in Let's the house. Let's go.
1: Vols city.
2: Dude, I mean. First of all, obviously, you know, he's been ridiculously fortunate with uh, the way this offseason has gone, right? But that was part of the reason why you should have been scooping him up. You should have seen this team is in cap hell. So when Emmanuel Sanders leaves, when Jared Cook leaves, they can't replace them with anyone. They don't have the money to go and sign anyone. They don't have the picks to go and draft anyone. So right. where did that leave them, right? They had Thomas, Traquan, Troman, and Calloway. Uh, You know, Thomas, obviously that was unforeseen, but he's out now. He's probably going to be out for minimum the first four games, probably the first six, maybe even more than that, right? Traquan is dealing with an injury. Traquan, I'm done with Traquan. We've had three years of Traquan opportunities to establish himself as a volume receiver. He's not, he's a big play receiver. That's fine. But he's not, he's not going to play that Michael Thomas role to the extent even anyone could. And Adam Troutman, hype man of the off season. What was he doing? He's doing this. Is blocking right? Adam (laughs) Trout blocking tight end. So, who's actually going running around? It's Callaway here. This is the nice thing about, yeah, Taysom Hill. Michael Thomas had a higher target rate with Taysom Hill than he did with Drew Brees. Taysom Hill, I mean, this is a guy he has an arm and he's got the physical tools. I'm not particularly sure that Taysom Hill is a guy who's gonna be going from read to read to read to read. I think he's a guy who, who gets in the huddle and he's like, I think I'm gonna throw it to this guy. And as long as he's mostly open, I'm going to just lock onto him and throw it to him. So if Callaway's read one in a Taysom Hill offense and he's able to get open consistently, he is going to get fed with targets because this is not like a Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, who's experienced, who's gonna go through all of their progressions, who's gonna look guys off, who's gonna find the open man. Taysom's just gonna find his man. And it seems like his man right now is Marquez Callaway. So I'm pumped up. I think he's got the full skill set. His route running looks great. He's got the size. He can box out. He can make contested catches. He's not a burner, but he has ample speed. He can get down the field. Yeah. He played a variety of roles. And like he is used to bad quarterback play. Have you watched the fucking Tennessee Volunteers at any point in the last year? I hope not. I hope not. Jared Garantano is an absolute freaking disaster. Uh, Taysom Hill's 10 times the quarterback of Jared Garantano. I think Taysom is fine. Tom, we're in a draft right now. We started a shout out to at Cam's not sober. Uh, we just did a start. Out. I just took Taysom Hill in that draft in the 13th round. Uh, same round where you took Callaway. I'm, I'm, I am I'm. think Taysom Hill is, is drawing very live to start. I think whether it's him or Winston, Callaway's going to get peppered with targets as the wide receiver one without Michael Thomas there.
1: 100% and even with Michael Thomas there at the end of the season I think you uh you can count on Callaway as being that guy for them cuz rec- like recovering from that kind of thing and then no preseason no workout no training camp Thomas is going to struggle this season uh period I think it's Callaway season for this year then you can ship him off later and do what you should be doing as a fantasy football manager that's going to wrap it up for the most part for us tonight I did just want to give a shout out to what's the spread. This is a podcast of a group of people uh, that I have gotten to know through a league um, and they focus on that big 10 content. Look, they talk about the spreads who you should be betting for, who should be betting against. They just popped out an episode here recently, um, August 19th. I have listened to it. I loved it. When we do our draft coverage, I've already talked uh, or sorry, wow! Talked, good job, Tom. Spoken um, with with the guys that run it. They're going to come on and they're going to join us. We're going to talk some Big Ten players. Uh, really get an advantage there. The information I got to say is top tier. They give you everything you need to know from players that you should be watching in the Big Ten. I mean, they opened the show talking about Rutgers, which is an immediate way for me to smash and follow because for some stupid fucked up reason. (laughs) uh, Probably has something to do with me being adopted and not having parents. Uh, I've developed a love for Rutgers, which means I've developed a love for punishment. uh, And it's just stuck with me. There's no reason for me to like Rutgers. But you know what? I'm here and and they're near and dear to my heart and they're going to get stomped according to them. I believe they're. Over under for their wins was three. And I think they both. Sounds right. So right. Uh, shout out to them. They're a great pod. That's What's the Spread. It's hosted by Daniel Starr. Uh, you can catch him at at D-star 2Rs18 on the Bird app. I got to tell you, seriously, go and check it out. I don't say this often when it comes to shows because there's 872,000 of them. But this one, I got to say, is absolutely Top tier, as Jacob had mentioned, uh, with Thrive, Fran- with Thrive Fantasy, use promo code FULL TILT, they'll match you to a hundred to hundred dollars on your deposit. You are silly if you're not trying to do that. Definitely get at that again. Promo code FULL TILT CAPS, get in on it. Uh, as for myself, I am your host with the most ominous hands, Thomas Tipple FF. Jacob, you just pumped out an article this week. Uh, what hit us with a brief note of that and whatever else you have along the way.
2: Yeah, absolutely Tom. That's awesome uh with everything you're saying about those folks that rocks. I'm sorry you're a records fan, but you know, as a Tennessee fan, I can certainly relate to cheering for a really hopeless college program. <laughs> um uh, no, I, my my latest article is out on playerprofiler.com. It is called The Anatomy of a League Breaking Stack. Uh if you look at Christian McCaffrey's legendary 2019 season right? The top two rate. so your the rate at best ball tournament or getting to the finals in a redraft tournament, that was at 42%. If you look at Lamar Jackson's 2019 season, I believe that was 41%. You're right in those mid-40s. You could have had that same advancement rate last year by stacking Stefan Diggs with Josh Allen. So hitting on that mid-round stack is the way that you can recapture that elite, elite upside of any player. So I went through, how do we diagnose those mid-round stacking options, right? Not the Mahomes-Kelsey, not this year's Diggs Allen, last year's Diggs Allen. Over the last seven years, I went back and I looked at the most impactful stacks, uh, the three to five of each of the last seven years. And what's the criteria? What we found is that there was a number of archetypes that emerged and that we can use that to predict who it's going to be this year. So we went through all of that historical data in the first piece. Now my second piece, I just drafted it. It should be out sometime next week on who the top five candidates are. Uh, if you think you can guess, definitely let me know on Twitter. Uh, and then the last thing I really just wanted to say is uh, obviously, everybody knows uh, that an absolute legend in the fantasy football space, uh, of course, Mike Taglier Tags is battling COVID right now in the hospital. And so, from our very little corner of the fantasy football world, the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast, uh, we wanted to send our thoughts and our prayers and everything we can, uh, goodwill, uh, out to Mike Taglier, of course. There, I can't. I can't recall a time that I was playing fantasy football and I wasn't listening to tags on the fantasy pros podcast, you know, even going back when I was 16, 17 years old. So, uh, you know, hearing anything that's going wrong with tags, uh, our heart is with, uh, with tags and his family.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's real tough out there, man. So it's, it's a reminder to stay safe, right. And, and stay respectful and mindful of people around you. Your views may be different than others, but just remember that, you know, people are still fighting it. So let's just, man, let's just keep it a reminder to, you know, let's be, let's be thoughtful and, and, you know, best wishes out there for sure. Uh, Tom Lee, obviously you are relatively quiet on the old bird app. You're not as uh, boisterous as the rest of us, but you yourself has released your first little tidbit. It's mm. the uh, Quarterback True Value over on FullTiltDynasty. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's FullTiltDynasty.com, uh, and they can find you over there at Tom underscore Lee92. You also run this little show with me called The Fantasy Walkabout, uh, <laughs> where we like to talk about things that, you know, shit us to tears and why we don't come around to fuck spiders and we just get right to work. You'll learn a bunch of new stuff over there. Uh, you can let everyone know a little tidbit from the blog you post on a full tilt dynasty.com. What was your blog about?
0: Yes. I mean, the idea is heading into the season. We're going to have a little weekly value scoop. We love talking true value, um, over the walkabout. So it's looking at what you can do with your roster and and whether or not players are doing their most for your team, whether you're just lazy with it, whether you don't know what to do with players or, or how to think about them. Um, the idea is to, to dive into a position or two positions each week and look at okay here is a popular guy. Most people are happy to have them on their roster, but are they doing the most for your team whilst there? Yeah. So in the in the first one, the first instalment, we dive into two quarterbacks and Kyler Murray and Stafford, and have a look at whether or not they're doing the most value for your team by being on it or by being shifted off it. So have a read, go check it out, um, and like you said, <clears throat> when we're doing fantasy walkabout, there's gonna be more Aussie slang. We need to start our Aussie slang bracket. Uh, best for best Aussie slang. Start with 32, maybe not 32. Might make it smaller. Start with a bunch of Aussie slangs and start whittling our way down towards the favourite Aussie slang, uh, and then hopefully get Tom to try and put it into a couple of sentences. And uh, yeah, learn see how if to I be can a true Aussie. See blue if I Aussie. can
1: see if I can figure a way how to use them correctly. <laughs> but look, I'm fanging for more Aussie slang. It just slang. sounds
0: like more and more that you're starting to want to fuck the spiders, and that's my concern. <clears throat> so I just want to make hey, sure... hey, we don't judge. We don't judge. Exactly, Look, we're spider positive, and, and are, this
1: has always been our take. <laughs> spider positive, so it's just wow. making sure that everyone. Out there, Look, we to want be clear, not being here to fuck spiders means we're not here to fuck around, right? We're here to get yes, the business, so yeah. let's not get <laughs> to that be very clear. Let's not get that part twisted. I want to make that part very clear. And you know, like I always like to say. If you're with everything you heard on the show, well, you got to let us know. If you disagree with anything on the show, well you definitely got to let us know. Look, we are here every week to try to give you a uh positive vibe. We got a shout out from Billy in the chat. He you know, he's he's right here. He's he's messing oh, up Billy, the show here. We love you there, Billy. Um can't wait to see you next week, homie. Look, always staying positive is the vibe that we're here for, right? We want to be a positive vibe throughout the season, whether you're tilting through your minds or laughing at your friends for tilting out of theirs. It's what brought us together is what's going to keep us grinding. Be kind to each other, right? Miss us with all the bullshit. Uh, We'll continue to be missed with all the bullshit. We're here to provide you with some entertainment and maybe a little bit of a different take from what you're seeing all over the place. And you can get all of those takes and all of those good times at FullTiltDynasty.com. You can also catch our other episodes from Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast over at the Dynasty Vipers Network, where guys like Matt Donnelly and people like uh, Tara and her Tara time are out there ripping up the Twitter sphere. I am Thomas Tipple FF. I'm your host with the most time on his hands. Uh, We'll be catching you back with the Fantasy Walkabout over there on Tuesday. And again, be kind, be genuine, be right, and again, (laughs) <laughs> with tags be safe i mean we're all rooting for him we're all pulling through for him, and and just wishing only the best man it's all you can do in this situation but other than that go ravens panthers suck uh ravens are going for 19th straight be safe have a great day everyone and like i always tell you it's clear eyes full hearts can never lose so be safe everyone ciao for now
0: Jacob Sanderson, Billy Milestone, and your host, Thomas Tipple, Dynasty Podcast. This is the Full Tilt, Full Tilt. sanderson billy milestone and your host thomas tipple this is the full tilt dynasty podcast it's false
1: no way not this time we created it